Hey, hey, the summer of giveaways continues. That's right. If you're not paying attention, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, you need to know that we are giving away tons of stuff. We've reached out to all of our creator friends in the hobby, and boy, have they responded. The new round is up. What's up, you say? Well, you could win a set of miniatures, a little goblin tribe with their ogre overlord, or you could win the complete Wretched Bastards RPG and the Temple of Flesh expansion for it, both courtesy, respectively, of uh, Giant Slayer Games and our friends at the Red Room. How do you do it? Well, make sure that you are subscribed to this show on the podcast provider that you're listening to right now, and then go to at NerdCognito on Twitter. Follow the NerdCognito Twitter account, find the promotional posts, do the stuff in the posts, and you can win. That's it. It's simple. Easy. I'm telling you, just do it. Now, on with the show. me, Ryan David. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Nerd Cognito for yet another week, talking about all things nerdy here in the Nerdosphere. Oh boy, <laughs> we've got a heck of a show lined up for you today, but I couldn't do it without my very good friend, Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going this week? Uh, not not too bad. Um, I guess it was a, I don't know, what's the best word that I could use to describe this week. It was a predictable week, and I've had a lot of chaos over the last couple of weeks, so I'll take predictable. It's That's a win for me, right? Right. I mean, the worst curse is may you live in interesting times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got interesting times. You know, Mikey, being a douchebag, has, has uh, sort of left us, and we've been hanging on to his ghost for a long, long time. You know? <laughs> I mean... What True. Can, what can I say? But uh, I have a very good friend that uh, I was talking to, and twisting arms and kicking shins and begging and stealing and i want to introduce a new member of the nerd cognito team and that most of you know him already it is dying breed tabletop uh, we know him as kyle hey kyle <laughs> welcome officially hey. to nerd cognito hey thank you i'm uh, i'm happy to be here actually no i i am thrilled and and now we got the the three-man booth rocking it again bert so <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. When, you know, we we can have more than just you know two opinions on things. Oh, well, that's okay. You know, uh, more opinions are great, but opinions are still like assholes. Everybody has one, and they all stink. So, <laughs> oh shit. Speaking of stinking, uh, this week, well, we're gonna we're gonna play a little getting to know you game. I mean, we know each other, but I think it'll be fun, and everybody will have a good laugh, and I think we'll be somewhat surprised too at what the results are but we're going to pop ourselves into a brand new fantasy role-playing campaign the only difference is bert you and kyle are going to pick my character race and class and i'm going to do the same for each of you so okay um you know and and you know the the triangle thing see i'm still stuck on on binary which apparently i can't do <laughs> because it is the month of the rainbow so um no more binary, Ryan. No more binary. Bad, Ryan. Bad. No, was... no, it was funny, right? Maybe. <laughs> if I, you say so. I don't know. Why do you have to hate so much? Uh, I love everybody. Trust me. If I wanted to hate people, <laughs> I would hate them for being assholes, not for being something frivolous like who they fuck or what color they are. That's that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, after we... See, we started with something light. Hey, we're going to have a fun time. We're going to make races and classes and pick it for everybody else. And then we went went right there because of a, a, a silly multicolored Skittle joke. Anyway, uh, after yeah. that, we're going to talk about something a little more serious that I've kind of been dodging for a while. And um, we, we've, we've tiptoed around it over the past six weeks to two months. But... We really got to talk about the infighting in our corner of the hobby. And the the fact of, does our corner of the hobby even exist anymore? You know, it's 
it's getting ugly. Uh, I've talked about and dubbed them the faux SR, but really, I just get the feeling that people are picking fights for the sake of picking fights. And I've been on an ugly end of it from everybody from like a community college nobody that has 10 followers and 35 cents short for a cup of coffee to some of the biggest names in what we would consider our neck of the woods. Uh, Dying Breed, I know you've you've had some some close calls as well with some sparkly friends in disguise. Yeah, um, it it happens quite a bit actually. Um, most of the time, most of the time, I tend to just kind of ignore. Yeah, um, I haven't tried to engage either, but sometimes you know I have a temper. I do too. And, you know, and sometimes I do things that I'm like, Oh, why did I do that? Why do what I, why did I engage with that? But overall, um, I actually find that it infuriates them more. If you just act like you never even heard them (laughs) (laughs) as is with life, but sometimes I don't know. Uh, I must be a heel. I like to twist the knife and then Bert, Bert gets along with everybody, so fuck you, Bert. <laughs> uh, well, plus, I'm plus, uh, you know, my social media presence is you know non-existent, so I don't have to deal with that. That that's probably the 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 true secret, right? Bert has no social media presence, so I, good for Bert, I suppose. Uh, anyway, we got that, and we'll talk about that in a little more detail. And then we've got the news. And after the news, uh, we're going to run down and review uh, Creepy Creature Double Feature, uh, a role-playing game for your table from our friends at Red Oaks Creative. Uh, Interesting little game, and we'll leave it at that until we we get to the backside of the news. But uh, I know you guys had a chance to at least eyeball it, if not go over it in in more detail, and we're going to talk about some of the finer points on the back end of stuff. But uh, yeah, let's play a game. I don't have I don't have a fancy game show theme this week, Bert. Uh, you always have something crazy on the board. Okay. Uh, nothing. Nothing. I no just, theme song. No theme song. We're we're, we're making characters, right? And uh, I I don't know who wants to who wants to go for. Or should you guys do me first? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> that, that that didn't come across quite right, Ryan. Oh, that's, that's, that's the second half of the first segment. When we talk about the faux SRs, they'll be doing, Never mind. Uh, (laughs) All right. Here, here, here's the game. We are going to, I guess, fictionally be starting a new fantasy campaign because God knows we don't have enough on our tables for a real one. I mean, it would be cool if this were a real one, but it's just not practical. So we're going to start this new fictional fantasy campaign. And the difference is, based on our real personalities, we want you guys, or I want you guys, and you guys are going to want the other two, to race and class you. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, I'll fall on the hand grenade first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, race and class me. That okay, sounds dirty I'm, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It does, and slightly titillating. But um, oh man, see, I'm not so sure about the race. The class, though. Uh oh, bard, bard. No, um, no. Yeah, I'm no. coming. I'm, but I'm, but I'm kind of coming from a more modern perspective on that. The bard. <laughs> I mean, oh, come on, dude. It's Bard. How many how many ex-wives do you have? Uh, shh. <laughs> Enough. Enough. Okay. Uh, I'm just I'm just poking fun at you. No, no, bit. no. I know. I know. Uh, um, I just, yeah, you I, know, I hear Bard and I think, you know, Starbucks and 5th edition. So... <laughs> I know, I know, which is kind of why I went there. Honestly. <laughs> you asshole. No wonder you're such a good fit. <laughs> um, yeah, human, human bard. Human bard. You look like a Chris, Chris Pine kind of guy. Uh, yeah, if Chris Pine ate like five children, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll, that, that's, that's a win. Did you see that, that train wreck yet? Did you... Break. I have not. I haven't broken either, even though it's on Paramount Plus, which I actively subscribe to. But um, I just, I 
it, not because, you know, not another gold piece, um, but because of time, right? So, I, yeah, I, and for me, I haven't seen it simply because I, it, I'm not that interested. Right, right. I want the movie to be about the cartoon characters, not not the new character. <laughs> that would, yeah. I would have paid for a ticket, even knowing that it's wizards, even knowing the stuff that comes out of Kyle's mouth. Uh, if it were if it were that set of characters, but uh, but I digress. All right, human bard. God damn it, Bert. What do you got? <laughs> You're not gonna like it. <laughs> I, I, I already don't. <laughs> <laughs> With all your rants lately, I'm gonna make you a gnomish barbarian. Gnomish you're trying, barbarian. You're always trying to punch above your weight class, and you lose your temper quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're acting like I'm putting holes in the wall, like Tony Soprano. <laughs> I am the least violent guy you're going to know, right? Even even back in the day when when dirty deeds needed to be done, it was amazing what 40 bucks and the high school bully would do. You know? <laughs> I did nothing ever. And, and the sugar in that Mustang gas tank was not me. <laughs> and it was not my $40. Smooches, buddy. Like, yeah, that uh, sugar in the gas tank doesn't sound like a gnomish prank at all, does it? <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, all right. Who's next in this barrel? I'll take the I'll bullet. do it. Okay, oh, go ahead, Bert. All right. Go ahead, Bert. We're going we're gonna to do Bert here. Oh. Bert, 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 Bert. Oh, goodness. Hmm. This is interesting because I am going to put Bert into a dwarven druid. <laughs> it's because of the beard and I like fishing, right? <laughs> Not just the fishing, but you enjoy outdoorsy stuff. You are True. harmonious with the world around you. And uh, Dwarven, I've seen you on the four occasions when it's happened in your life. I've seen you on at least two of them get angry, and it's not a pleasant sight. <laughs> fair. Is that fair? fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't lose my temper very often, but when I do, it's bad. Head for the hills when you do. Oh, man. Now, Kyle, you have it tough because you probably know Bert the least out of out Yeah, of I, I know I know very little about Bert, but that's going to make this beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my old school roots here, and uh, I think uh, I think Bert's a thief. Ooh, do tell why? Well, I just he's he doesn't have much of an online social media presence, so he's kind of in stealth mode constantly. You know, he's moving silently, he's hiding shadows. Um, I won't divulge his job, but I know what it is now. <laughs> oh. And so, uh, as far as race though, I mean, I don't know. Elvish maybe. Cause he's a, he's, you know, a little, little bit of a trickster, a little fey blood in there, <laughs> you know? Oh, Bert. <laughs> Oh, I was yeah. totally wrong. Kyle was totally right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I like that, Kyle. All right, Kyle, you're up. Oh, uh, Bert, you go ahead first, because I want to really, really come up with a good one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I know next to nothing about Kyle. I know his voice. <laughs> I know a little bit about what he does. You've seen some so, of the live streams that we've been on. Right. Before. right I've right. seen a couple of the live streams, but I, I, I know very little about Kyle as a person. So, considering what I do know... From his job and his voice, you know, he, I'm going to say, uh, hmm, I, I, I'm going to go pretty straightforward. I'm going to make him an orcish fighter. Ooh. <laughs> orcish. Look at that. Yep. Okay. You got that, you got that, you know, gruff, manly voice. I know what you do for a living. So, you know, you've got that sort of physical presence. That's why I kind of decided to go orc with that. Yeah. Have you seen my teeth? <laughs> <laughs> 
He's seen the fifth element. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I can actually top that. Um, let's see here. Oh, where am I gonna? Where am I gonna put you? I, I'm I'm very torn on the class. I'm, I'm pretty set on halfling, and I'll I'll explain why. Uh, I'll explain why. Um, the the halflings are very often sort of like the pick yourself up by the bootstraps downtrodden race, right? And I see that as a hundred percent your personality. There's nothing that's going to keep you down. So um, the halfling is actually a compliment, despite it possibly being a slave race in auras. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, <Brian. laughs> well, that that still fits. Um, as far as the class, I am very torn between sorcerer and ranger, mm. and I think I'm going to err on sorcerer because you know we we often talk about the folks which is what we're going to talk about in our next half segment, right? The, the folks that we encounter in our hobby. And some people have the it factor and some people don't. And Kyle's got the it factor. It's, it's just there and it just comes out. And you don't want to be in the way of a spell that's being slung your way. And you also don't want to be on the back end of that mind that's always going, not necessarily even... And don't take this the wrong way, but but not even necessarily in a you know deliberate fashion. It's just constantly clicking with different things and different magnificence that's coming out. So um, there you go. I buttered your bread on on our first episode, <laughs> but no, very very seriously, I, I think that the it factor and nobody seeing you coming are huge huge assets for you. So I stand by oh. halfling sorcerer. And there you go. We have the weirdest fucking party. We're ready. We're ready to sparkle troll it up. Like we need two more, and and you know, some avocado toast, and we're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> oh, we're not going to play the uh, Olive Garden role playing game. Oh, we could. <laughs> DB, do you know about this? Did you know that there is an Olive Garden role playing game that that our dearest sparkly friends just have created and love to play. I did not know that. And okay. I guess I'm going to learn <laughs> the, the short version. The cadence of an olive garden meal dictates what happens in the game. So when you get your soup, your salad and your bread sticks, X happens. And then it's mostly storytelling, which I'm not opposed to. I like a good storytelling game, but it's all about passing the torch and shaking off you know the the errors of your family's history in the past and so each course is a new generation that you role play in your family and you know you play revisionist history over the course of an olive garden meal it's the most fucking ridiculous thing <laughs> yeah, in the world it's, insane. it's absolutely insane that is okay yeah I'm speechless. I'm speechless. It's it's there on the shelf next to Thirsty Sword Lesbians. I guarantee you. <laughs> and now, uh, what's what's the new one? Kinks and Cantrips, which Kinks and Cantrips, which I I also we we talked about it in short form last week, two weeks ago, we something did. like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm amazed that that some of our friends are like, yeah. Uh, I back that, but then again, I look at some of those folks, and again, with love, then again, I'm not surprised that they backed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, not, I, I'm by no means a prude, but it's not what I want at my gaming table. Hey, I've said it publicly on the internet in a live stream before, I am not describing my cock to you from across the table. I'm sorry, I'm just not going to do it, and if you expect that at my table... You're barking up the wrong tree. Um, that's right. You're gonna you're gonna walk over and stick it in their face like a real man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Here's Mr. Blue Vein, and what do you think about that? <sighs> but there, you know, it does take all kinds, and I'm certainly not gonna kink shame. But um, no. 
I don't know that that necessarily has a focus other than sales and shock value in our hobby. And, you know, the, there there are. The Sparkle Trolls are going to buy it. There are people in our neck of the woods that are going to buy it. And just because yeah. it's there. And, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, no shame to you if you want to play it. It's just not a gaming group I'm going to be joining. Oh, it's absolutely a Thirsty Sword Lesbians. No one is going to play it. But everyone is going to have it for status, right? Sort of a interesting segue to our next bit, and and that is our FOSR friends. And I'm going to commit right now that I am again not going to drop names, but I am going to drop situations. So if you're okay. feeling talked about, it's possible that it's you. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put you on blast. Generally speaking. I still have respect for these folks on some level, but I really hate where they're driving the hobby. The hobby is already fragmented, right? We have some core groups. We've got this this big silent middle group that just goes along to get along. Their name is Bert, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bert will play any game you put in front of him. We all know this. Well, that's hey. the thing, though. So will we, Kyle. You're going to play anything we bring to the table, right? Yes, uh, yes. I mean, short yes. short of, you know, describing the hair that you're licking around an asshole. You're going to play right, anything. Right, exactly. Right. That, that's the fallacy that I think the OSR gets tagged with a lot is, oh, they're only going to play, like, uh, character funnels. Or uh, if it's not BX, they're not interested. I, you know, and again, maybe it's because I'm not fully card carrying osr i i always think of myself as i embrace osr philosophy but i'm right. not we all know you're the osr's drunk uncle that, well that that's what one of them calls me right <laughs> i forget who it was one of one of the one of the big ones kyle um i think it was <laughs> but I, I don't remember, and they've since blocked me, so I can't find the original tweet. But one of them said that I am the loudmouth drunken uncle of the OSR, and um, I think it was. A so I guess I guess he hadn't met me yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's bad enough that we're fragmented. We have the fifth edition kitties. We've got the OSR. We've got that very large, silent majority that's just playing whatever. And unfortunately, that whatever is probably Dungeons & Dragons because they don't know that anything else exists, right? It's all they've played. Right. It's all they're going to play. And they're not into the politics. They don't know that Kyle said that white people need to get out of the hobby. They don't know what an OGL is. They're like, is that some sort of new stat? You know, they just get together with their friends and play the game and god bless them i wish i wish i had that level of bliss but i don't and then there's there's, there's the osr um and the sparkle trolls and that doesn't make sense i don't remember where what what, what direction i was going on the spectrum but you get the, <laughs> you, you get the point right here's the yeah thing. and i think the hobby has always been fragmented from its inception almost uh or at least from the time that it started to gain po popularity um, I think that the number of editions of Dungeons and Dragons and then the other games that have uh, come up in the past have kind of accelerated that uh, been a catalyst. It's been fuel to the fire. Um, the old dragon magazines back in the back in the day in the you know letters to the editor section and people were talking about the same crap <laughs> that we're talking that we're talking about these days oh death at zero well, if you don't do death at zero hit points then you're not playing the game blah 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 <laughs> yeah, you know you're, you're right is, you're right and people have always kind of done this and then then you throw access because of the internet now and and instead of once a month, you see a few handpicked letters by the editor in Dragon Magazine. Now everybody in their damn dog has a voice if they you know if they want to use it. And um, some of them identify as dogs and have the voice. So <laughs> it's and you're you're right. Um, I am all for speech and opinion, but there's not a filter and what the internet has taken away its blessing and a curse. The filter's gone. Yeah. 
but the filter's gone, right? You're you're going right. to get shit takes as well as the ones that would be publishable letters. So right. No, you're um, you're right. As far as like the sort of idea that the hobby has to come together or you know we need to minimize the factionalism going on, I, I that's a noble idea. I don't think it's realistic at all. And I think you hit upon it earlier too. People just want to argue. People are stressed out. The world we're living in now, um, you know, there's there's Sucks. a lot of people who are facing a lot of there's a lot of personal things going on in people's lives. They have there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of remorse. There's a lot of just a lot of negative emotions. And when you're safely behind a screen and a keyboard and you're somewhat anonymous. You know, you, you kind of have an avenue to release some of those frustrations sometimes. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm probably coming at it from a little bit less of an incendiary uh, perspective than most people would expect out of me. But I'm but I'm actually kind of a reasonable guy most of the time, believe it or not. No, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's it's kind of like as gaming becomes more mainstream because we all know when we started gaming, it was you know you know, in somebody's basement, you know, it wasn't something that was broadcast and shouted to the world. You know, it was, you know, something you got together and did with a select group of friends. And as gaming, I think becomes more mainstream, you see people embracing it in different ways. And I don't think that that's bad. I think that the problem is, you know, if you enjoy playing a game, if you like playing something silly or something serious, then play it your way. But your way doesn't have to be the right way. It just has to be your way. And right. I think that's the approach that we've had. At least I'm, I'm speaking in we, but it's really the royal we. It's, uh, I'll say I've had for, for the entire time, but it's bit us in the ass too because I, I rewind 15 years. Oh, look at these freaks coming in and play. They want to play. Uh, well, all right. It's their game, their table. They can play. What do I care? It's more people in the store. It's more people in the hobby. It's more people at the table. And that was a mistake. That was a mistake because it allowed the camel's nose to get under the tent. Now we got the whole fucking camel. Um, <laughs> and we're paying the price for it because the, the, the tribalism and the separation is just peaking right now. And it's not enough that we have these groups. There's infighting, and and that's you know that's what bothers me too. Um, we can't just say what it is anymore, and have those opinions, and have those people that are on different ends of the spectrum now. There's infighting because there's a very select group of people, and I hate to say it, but it's influencers and creators specifically that are riding the fence and trying to placate everybody and you can't do that. Correct. And I agree with that. Um, I do think that the infighting has become more predominant. I liken it to the schism in the church with Martin Luther nailing papers to a door and then afterwards you started to have even you know you had two factions and then those started to branch off and then those started to branch off and now you've got this multitude of factions i do think that there's a sort of authority some members of some of these factions tend to be very authoritarian by personality and so they come across as you need to play it my way and if you don't you're playing it wrong Whereas what we were just talking about, we came up with, eh, okay, yeah, maybe it's not our thing, but you can play the game your way. It's your table. I'm not going there. It's fine. And I think that sort of middle class attitude has kind of died off. And it's, I don't know, maybe, but it could also just be a case of the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I mean, we pay attention to the noisy ones, right? Uh, but the noisy ones have the following and are setting the, the, the cadence for everyone else. There's always going to be the middle group that's just going about their thing and, and playing their game. But the middle group is also not contributing. And, and I don't say that in, in a defamatory way. They're, they're not. They're, they're, 
they buy the books that they need and they play, and they're not contributing to the hobby. They're not creating. I think that a lot of folks have latched on and hitched their wagon to the OSR because of the upswell that it's had in the last two years. We were happy being in the corner and doing our own thing quietly and amongst ourselves. And then this explosion happened. And folks that I think ordinarily are not going to be breaking bread with us weaseled their way in and now are setting, I guess, a course of change from the inside, or at least in their minds, they're trying to make changes to shape that into something that is either good for their wallet if they're creators or good for their ego if they're influencers. And it doesn't matter. Again, I said I wasn't going to name names. I'm not going to name names. But I could go to a specific Twitter account right now that would be considered a major OSR influencer. Okay? And I could just pan through the tweets And in less than three screens, I could see two or three tweets that are diametrically opposed to each other in thought. You're not fooling anybody anymore, right? You can't wrestle with both sides of this. I was going to say, as somebody who's in that sort of silent middle, because I will play anything. I mean, to me, as an outsider, you know, I have friends who, you know, are in the OSR and have that OSR mindset. And to me, the OSR has always been sort of, you know, a throwback or like sort of a retro feel to the games of your youth. And it's something that you remember fondly. And it's something that you want to experience that first time you played that game before. And so you want to introduce other people to that. And that, I think that's great, but I don't think that, you know, that sort of authoritarian mindset, I don't think has a place in, you know, either camp, you know, telling somebody the right way to play a game is like, you know, I mean, it's like herding cats. Everybody's got a different feeling of what they want, and everybody's got a different way they want to go. Right, and it's not just telling people how to play either. It's just stoking the fires of discontent, you know? It's, oh, I'm going to point this out or say this or do this, and it is absolutely 100% for attention and clicks. Get fucked. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, I know you're serious because, and and I'll be quite honest, that it's it's kind of the model I used when I first started getting much more active on Twitter, because I figured out very early on, if you make a bold statement, and you don't do a in my perspective kind of thing, you just make a blanket statement and throw it out there, you're going to get a ton of engagement. <laughs> and I'm laughing because so, I'm remembering the birth of Sparkle Troll. So, <laughs> and, and some of it's going to be, some of it's going to be negative and some of that feedback is going to be positive, but I guarantee you, you're going to get followers on Twitter. If you do that, because I'm living proof. That's what happened. I'm a nobody. I haven't published anything. I haven't really done anything. I've got a, a other than play the game, you know, since 1979, but I've got almost 1,500 followers on Twitter, and I've, I mean, I don't even back Kickstarters hardly, or very rarely. I mean, but you know, you're also and, but, consistent. And, well, I am consistent. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. I have very strong principles and opinions about certain things. Yes. So that consistency, I think, also contributes to it because, you know, you always hear, well, there's no such thing as bad press. And I've even, said that when we were discussing some of the more conspiracy theory stuff on other shows together, right? That, you know, well, you know, they're doing this for whatever reason, uh, but there's no such thing as bad press. But that only gets you so far because there comes a tipping point where you've hit saturation with the people that are going to be an audience for that method. Yes. And I don't know, are, are, are they maybe... Are we seeing this swing? And again, it's amongst some people that are our friends. Are we seeing this swing because they feel they've hit saturation with the OSR? Is is that possibly it? Are we seeing this because we were being played the whole time? 
I think with the hostility and the attacks that are coming in tandem, you know, you and I, Kyle, we could have a disagreement and still go and have a drink, right? Right. They're not having a drink. They're they're <laughs> they're putting me on the post and lighting the torches. Right. So yeah. they're dri- um, they're driving the nails through the palms. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I think you're 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 100 right about that method reaching a point of saturation because I've hit it. A part of that could be the fact that I haven't really done anything more uh, as far as like publishing or putting stuff out there. But I wonder how much of this to kind of get back to the to your your last comment. I wonder how much of this is really conscious. Is oh, this it, an actual conscious decision, or absolutely. is it, or is there some? Absolutely. You think so? Yeah, well, okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. A friend of mine is a teacher, okay, and she runs okay. the Dungeons and Dragons club at her school, or a role-playing club. Even though she is in the OSR, and you know, boo wizards, boo look what they wanted to do the OGL. I can't believe they're racist. I can't believe they're inserting politics. I can't believe that they're destroying lore. She's still running Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons in her school with those kids it's a conscious decision that's a conscious decision yes it is that particular example that i use um i use it because i have her number and i can call her right now she probably won't answer it (laughs) (laughs) but it's someone that i tangibly know and that way no one can say that i'm starting shit because i have a personal offline relationship with her as well but it's it's totally destructive to the hobby you're breeding sparkle trolls but preaching grognard pick a side man Mm -hmm. otherwise the only thing you're doing is getting engagement to sell your damn book sorry bert go ahead no it's not a problem and this might be my naivete since i'm not a member of either extremist group uh, when it comes to this. Hey, but, hey, hey, now. We don't need to get flagged. The FBI does not need to listen to our show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought more listeners were good, Ryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hi, Agent Wallace. As somebody who plays everything, even though you know I might prefer a crunchier system, if I'm teaching kids to play a game, I want to pick something with simple rules. And 5th edition is about as cut down and cookie cutter as it gets. BX. Play BX. If you want to, to maintain playing Dungeons and Dragons and you want something simple to teach, play BX instead. Play Castles and Crusades instead. Play OSE instead. It's even more basic than 5th edition. It's less convoluted. And it doesn't have all of those things that you're supposedly against, but you're going to release you know, a 5th edition book and you're going to groom these kids to be sparkle trolls. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not, not for me. I, I agree that fifth edition is uh, a lot more complex than people than, than it appears on its surface. When you really dig into it, it becomes uh, a, it's a very complex system. It's very tight. The mechanics are very tightly interwoven and it's very difficult to drop something in or change something without having to change 10 other things. And then those things have 10 other things for each one of them. And it's an exponential kind of growth as far as changing the rules goes. I'm, I've actually tried this before because I wanted to OSR a five fifth edition. Cause I, I like the core mechanic fairly well, no, and, but and I've played fifth. I didn't edition. have the talent. I don't have, I don't have a problem with it, but it's not going to be my choice. And it's certainly not what I'm going to introduce people that have never played before. To to it's it's not going to be my avenue of introduction for them in the hobby, right? Right, and I yeah, and I and I agree with that. BX is probably the best place to start. It's a little bit more structured than ODD from back in the day, right. which was difficult on its own anyway. But really, any of the for clones a- are, are are equal weight, I think. Yeah, basic fantasy role playing, OSE, you know, any of those would work. Yeah, but you, you gotta you gotta practice what you preach, and you know, I don't know if it's news to them or not, but I, they just don't have a compass for morality, which is what they're always preaching, right? Oh, 
Whew. Okay, so here, here, here's the shtick, right? At some point, I will say the word news when we're pretty much done with the first segment. And then we transition into talking about the news of the week. So in the news, music interrupts, and I pretend like I'm surprised. And Bert goes, oh, Ryan, you did it again. And, and that's where we're at right now. So, yeah. <laughs> Ryan said news, and here we are. Uh, okay. that, I, I, there's nothing we're going to do to change their mind. There's nothing we're going to no. do. You know, it's just, it's a third party is what it is. We have a third party in the hobby now. And they are deceptive that both our end and the glittery end should see as a common threat. Just saying. Mm. Just saying. Okay. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's like a really complex infiltration. It is. It is I, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And it's driven by ego and dollars. And I can support dollars. What makes a man embrace neutrality in his heart? Hey, last week we talked about John Carpenter flicks, right? We did, yep. And uh, so as a timely follow-up to kick off our news this week, John Carpenter... Are you going to make me cry? Are you going to make me cry? John Carpenter, in a question and answer session in Texas last weekend, said, quote, I have been sworn to secrecy, okay? Because there may be, I don't know if there will be, there may be a thing too." Oh, how do you do that? <laughs> an actual, an actual sequel. An actual, not a prequel, sequel, not uh, not a prequel like the Kate Beckinsale thing. That is all he said, and and Carpenter is kind of infamous for dropping this shit, right? right. Especially when he doesn't like things. If we look at the history of John Carpenter's supposed slips, when he's mm. irritated with something, he'll accidentally let something out, like. Escape from New York's reboot is going to gender swap Snake Plissken. That came from John Carpenter's mouth. <laughs> it sure did. That's all he said. And that's why it was a quick and interesting intro to the thing. Bert and I were talking about it, how the thing is great film, great story, but a terrible screenplay, right? The dialogue is the dialogue not good. Is so bad. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, well, and, and honestly, honestly, a lot of Carpenter's films kind of are like that. Hey, 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 he's hey, a great, hey, he's a treading g- on hallowed ground here. No, oh, no, I <laughs> do. I love Carpenter, John Carpenter films as, as much or more than most people do. He's one of my all time favorites, but the screenplays are not always that fantastic. Um, so here, here here's your me, litmus test from me. You ready? You know, John Carpenter tends to have this casting group, or tended in his prime to have this casting group of actors and actresses, right? Correct. Of that group of recurring actors and actresses, if you had to name one man or woman as the pinnacle casting in any John Carpenter film, or all of them that they were cast in, as it may be, who would it be? Not Kurt Russell. Not Kurt Russell. Well, no, because it's not, but also because that's sort of the obvious go-to. Right. Bert knows exactly what this test is. (laughs) Roddy Piper and They Live. No, it's Donald Pleasance in anything. (laughs) (laughs) You failed. (laughs) Oh. Ryan has a big man hard on for Donald Pleasance. Since Kyle wasn't here last week, uh, and... uh, I know the segment is long dead. What's your favorite John Carpenter movie, Kyle? It's a toss up between the thing and escape from New York. Um, Respectable. Choices. I, I, I like the thing because of it's sort of existential nihilism thing that it's got going on. Um, That's fair. Which I'm, I'm kind of got a bit of a dark personality sometimes. So I enjoy that. Um, you, you get that too in escape from New York. Um, I like the story of Escape from New York and the screenplay better. Um, honorable, honorable mention to um, Big Trouble in Little China. I think that's a fantastic film. They Live is a really good social commentary. But, you know, actually on second thought, I'm going to have to go with Halloween. 
because that was the thing that that launched his career right and it was probably it, it was one of those movies that a hundred years from now people that are into film will still be studying because he literally changed an entire genre for the next 10 years or more based simply on that film he did he he absolutely yeah. did what's your favorite bad john carpenter movie <laughs> Prince of Darkness. All right. <laughs> <laughs> which I will, which I'll still watch. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I watch it at least once a year. Uh, our friends at Paizo have ejected Drow from their official lore, saying that Drow are too quote deeply enmeshed in Dungeons and Dragons identity. Creative director for Paizo, uh, James Jacobs, outlined as part of their plan that in their post-open gaming license world and sort of ramping up for the orc, they will be carving the drow out of the official Pathfinder lore. Uh, drow in the Darklands will be replaced by serpent folk, a reptilian race that fits the narrative role of the villains. Uh, surprisingly, they did not touch the political end of cutting out the drow, but someone will tell them that they are committing genocide against black people. Just just, just wait for it. But uh, drow are no more in Pathfinder world. Well, I mean, they have a point. I mean, you know, drow, was, drow were created, you know, in, in Dungeons & Dragons. They were widespread. I mean, novels you know, animation, like the drow have always been sort of a cornerstone Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know, tie in since their inception. So it makes sense for them to back away from that. If they're trying to get away from the OGL, I guess, but I also think that any variant of elf is so generic at this point, call them a shadow elf and move on. Cause that's what they were originally called. Right. That is what they were originally called. I'm, I'm, I kind of agree with Bert, but then at the same time, I question the fact that you have a game which arose from the structure of and the OGL of, of you know, it's it's a Dungeons and Dragons clone. At least that's how it started. You know, it's it was an alternative system, and so now we're going to completely disavow that. I mean, it's it's kind of a hard concept to, in my mind to we want to separate ourselves from the thing that birthed us i guess i don't know yeah you, you do make a incredibly valid point if it were not for wizards creating fourth edition there would right. be no pathfinder period end of statement so yeah yeah you know at some point, there's going to be crossover. You know, well, there's minotaurs in Dungeons and Dragons. We can't have it here. Oh, there's slimy creatures. There's skeleton. Like, where do you draw the line? I don't know. Well, I don't play Pathfinder. I don't like Pathfinder. I don't give a shit. I just think it's odd that they would take something that is generally beloved by the players and the fan base and and remove it from their game. I do think that. Um there's a you know there, there's a level of truth to that um and i don't play pathfinder either and i i don't really know anything about the system much um but i do you know when you talk about minotaurs and skeletons and stuff these are sort of mythical mythological creatures legendary creatures they exist outside of dungeons and dragons they're you know there have been stories about the minotaur you know ancient greek myth and those sorts of things whereas the drow were more Although there's, I think there's tie to the Fey folk, but I mean, it's, yeah, but it's a snowball because then you say, well, Dungeons and Dragons took the elves from Tolkien, y you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, right, but, not, but there's not 10 books about Minotaur society and their, and their cities out floating around out there to, uh, run up against when it comes to things like lore. Hey, do order well, sold. What can I say? People read those books. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I read them. I've still got them. Me too. 
I think all, all um, of us did at one point. I, I have not revisited them as an adult, though. My last read for not. anything, um, anything really Forgotten Realms novelish was probably middle school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm slightly older than you. I think I was in college when those were released. And I mean, at the time, that was cutting edge stuff. You know, and it wasn't, it didn't turn into this sort of weird mirror reflection abomination of itself like it did later on. It was, oh, a good drow. This is unusual. This is, this is weird. Oh, and he's a ranger. Uh, anybody you know. can be good now. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, <laughs> it's, it's, it's changed. It's changed now, but back then, that was a very novel and interesting concept. And the hero was interesting, and the books were entertaining, and, you know, it... Hmm. Well, no, everybody needs a good hero, including us. And we have our, our own version of a good hero, and that's our... Check Mark Hero. That's right. <laughs> you, you like that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, here, I'll sing it for you one more time. Check my hero. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a real easy concept, right? We, we say to our fans, hey, we need a blue check mark on the Twitter machine. And the blue check mark costs eight bucks. So if you send us eight bucks, you'll be the check mark hero. And. This month, our checkmark hero is the one, the only Matt Barninger. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Barninger, B-A-R-N-I-N-G-E-R, to hear all of the stuff that you want to to know from his opinions to, well, let's just put it this way. He is not a faux SR guy. He is a truly, truly good guy with great views. And he gave us eight bucks for the checkmark, so he's the checkmark hero. Um, if you want to be the checkmark hero, it's real easy. You go to nerdcognito.com, go to the top of the page, click on be a checkmark hero, click the button, send us eight bucks, and hey, you're on your way. Uh, I think checkmark heroes open up again in September, if I'm thinking correctly. So get in line to close out the year, and you will be like Matt and be a checkmark hero. Oh, I'll bet I looked like a fool sitting in my studio recording that. <laughs> um, but hey, if I made Kyle chuckle with it, uh, then it was worthwhile. That was funny. Uh, are you a big Steve Jackson fan? Not so much anymore. I mean, back in the day, yeah, I bought a lot of Steve Jackson stuff, the little black pocket edition. Uh, I've still got my Illuminati with the first two expansions. Oh, very cool. Very that. cool. Uh, car Wars, big Car Wars guy. Yeah, I haven't thought uh, about Car Wars for a long time. You know, my favorite was the Sorcery series. I, I, I really yeah. liked the Sorcery series. I had the the hardcover spell book that that they published for it. That was uh, like the premium version of it because I was a spoiled bitch. And <laughs> um, no, it, it was great. I, I'm so sad because. I've lost all of those books. I've been able to recover two of them, and I'm not going to pay ridiculous prices for beat-up paperbacks, right? Yeah, no, Sorcery was definitely my favorite. Generally speaking, the fighting fantasy line is now being turned into a co-op RPG card game by the designer of the board game Brass Birmingham, which is currently the number one board game in the world. So... Um, Fighting Fantasy Adventures will take uh, Jackson and Livingston's series of game books and turn it into a card game with RPG light elements. Uh, it was announced this week. Uh, I'm interested. I'm all on board. It's going to be on Kickstarter soon. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a Gigundus investment. So um, that's why I asked if, if you like it. There's very little information other than it's coming soon. Uh, but I'm interested. Bert, did you play any of the this choose-your-own stuff? My experience with Steve Jackson games was mostly from more of his like card games. And like we used to get together and play Shea Geek or Munchkin or, of you course. know... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to shit on Munchkin. I'm shitting on Munchkin. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, Shake Geek is fun. I haven't played that in a long time, man. Oh, yeah. That was 
my wife and I used to play that game, you know, with people all the time. We would get together and have dinner, and then afterwards just get everybody around the table to play Shea Geek and drink, so. Well, if you've got a drink, take a shot right now, and consider this your warning. I'm going to read you the next headline. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons Party thwarts Waterdeep Dragon Heist by becoming the Backstreet Boys. Um, I don't make these up, Bert. I make a lot of things up, but I don't make up the news. Like, individually, I understand each of those words. (laughs) Right, right. I I was just going to say that. Like, you're, you're still speaking English, right? Those words, do they go... Together? Like, I'm not, my well, brain hurts. They do if you put it in the right perspective. Are you ready for that perspective? Go ahead. The party's first attempts to talk with the guard were unsuccessful. However, we turned the situation to our favor when the bard managed to roll a nat 20, which allowed them to announce that the party was a boy band. I, I, I'm not making this up. Not making this up. The guard intervened, then asked them to prove it by singing, and although the group was in a crowded shop at the time, they sang the Backstreet Boys hit song, I Want It That Way, in perfect harmony. The entire scene was amazing. I was so impressed, proud, and could not stop laughing as the shop patrons watched everyone in my group start singing and dancing. And then they blew each other. (sighs) You added the last part. Come on. Yeah, yeah that, I, I, that I, didn't happen. I, I, I might, I might have added the last part. That just might be doctored. <laughs> it, um, it could have happened. This is what passes for pop gaming media now, and this is the direction that because we said let them play over at that table in the corner that smells bad, this is what we get, and that is the news. I mean, it's a creative solution to a difficult problem. You can't see me right now, but I'm mimicking, cutting my wrists as you say that. (laughs) Well, I don't want it that way. (laughs) Uh, Fucking hate them. (laughs) Oh, boy. Hey. I'm on your side on this one. All I hear is this little gnomish voice saying, I would like to rage. (laughs) Well, we're going to have to rage another time. Because as I look down at the clock, uh, we're out of time. Which means that our rundown and review of Creepy Creepy Double Feature has to be bumped to next week, guys. Um, I I hope you'll, you'll forgive us. If you're listening out there, but you know, it was Kyle's first night. We spent a lot of time just having fun on the front end and we, we can take a look and I'm, I'm sure that our friends at Red Oaks understand. Do remember a couple of things though, as, as we start to see the light at the end of the tunnel with no strings attached. Oh, I'm going to be throwing these out for the rest of the show since we've only got a couple of minutes here. Um, follow us. Subscribe to the show on the podcast player of your choice. Make sure that you find the promotional posts and get in on the giveaways. You know, it is super, super cool stuff that's going to be going. I, I just had two more creators contact me today and offer up some stuff. We're going to have some more hard copy stuff. We're going to have some more digital stuff coming out. It is just, like, there's no end in sight. So, everybody, you make sure that you do those things, right? Because if you do, you can win something that is larger than life. How many more Backstreet Boys songs do I have in me? <laughs> um, let's hope zero. Oh, quit playing games, Bert. I've heard you sing, Ryan. Let's hope there are no Backstreet Boys songs in there. Uh, well, yeah. You went one too many already. I, I did. I did. You know, it's just like we're drowning. Anyway. Oh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Uh, Kyle, you have anything you want to bring to the table this week? Um, we are drowning. Uh, we are, but that's because, you know, we haven't found the topic that is quite the, the one. one. Bert, you have anything you want to throw out there? No, I don't have anything to add. All right. Creepy, creepy double feature 
next week we will definitely get it in uh my name is ryan david i was joined by dying breed tabletop and as always bert we thank you for listening and we hope you tune in when we talk at you next week be safe out there everybody no!